This podcast contains explicit content. Listener's discretion is advised. POV by Lustery explores culture, politics, and creativity in the sex industry, one point of view at a time. I'm your host, Aria Vega. Lustery couple Dusty and Peppermint really stand out on the site. Their warm smiles and laid-back vibe are already inviting. Then there's that debut video, which moves at a deliciously slow pace, clocking in at one hour and 11 minutes long. There's actually no penetrative sex until the one hour mark, but it definitely looks like it's worth the wait. As one viewer commented, this is the most remarkable video I've ever seen in my 47 years of watching porn, and I'm not exaggerating. Even Dusty and Peppermint's meet cute is memorable, a dating app story with multiple twists. I saw his pictures and I saw a kindness in his eyes and his genuine smile. And I said, I want to get to know this person better. So I reached out to him. He contacted me back and we had a little bit of exchange online. But I'm like, no, I need to see you face to face. I need to feel your energy. I need to sense that person. I think he felt the same. So, so we met for coffee and this beautiful relationship evolved from there. The longer portion of it is that, and I'll let Dusty fill in the details of this, but we had a mutual friend in common that we had no idea until a few months after we started dating. We also lived, well, my parents lived in the same neighborhood he did. And so I would visit my parents and then we'd go walking around the neighborhood and I would walk by his apartment time and time and time again without even realizing it. And so we started dating and like, hey, why don't you come to dinner at my parents' house? And we only had to walk four blocks up the street. So we were destined to meet. Our, our lives were like somewhat parallel. And, you know, it just took this online spark of interest that, that put us in the same path. And you can fill in the details about the mutual friend and I'll let you tell that story. Yes, yeah, so I had a, I was dating somebody. Um, this is well prior to meeting Pep. And we were exclusive and we were dating for a while, but we were at a dinner party of this mutual friend of Pep's here. Who was also friends with the woman he was dating. Yeah. And so she comes busting through the door, the friend of Pep, and it's just like, oh my God, I got to tell you about this woman. She is just incredible. A lot of da-da-da. She's become just an incredible good friend. And we'll go into too many details, but they were very similar, the backgrounds and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> like, I'm not really paying attention to this. We're at this dinner party. I'm here. You know, I'm like, okay, that's great. And so we kind of go our course and we end up, you know, breaking off our, our relationship. And uh, about six months later, I get this contact from Pep on this dating site that I was signed on to. I saw her pictures that she had on there and there was a couple of pictures and it just looked like, I don't know how to put it. It was just like, there was a, there was a kindness, there was a gentleness, there was a beauty, an inner beauty. And it, it just, it spoke to me. It's like, you know what? This is somebody who needs and deserves to be loved and vice versa. And so I responded back to her and we had met up for, for coffee and we're sitting at this coffee shop and uh, she starts talking. And she's telling me about herself and that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the stuff starts coming into my head. I see that person coming, busting through the door. And I'm like, wait, what is going on here? Bells are starting to go off. And uh, she's saying a few other things. And I'm like, is this the person that person was talking about? In millions and millions of people, is this the person this person was talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is one of those moments you take notice. And I'm like, okay, do I tell her that I might know who she is? And I'm like, no you know what? I'm just going to let this be. And we're just going to let this see where this goes. And there'll be the right time. And uh, sure enough, it ended up being the right time when she introduced me 
she was going to introduce me to her her good friend. Uh, they were doing a, a gig together, and I got there early with her, and she goes off in the back, and I see this other person's husband there. And I walk up to him, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? He goes, ah, you're you're the Dusty. And I'm like, yep. He goes, good to see you. Yeah. Ooh, my friend and I were performing, so we finished the show, and I'm so excited for her to meet my new guy. Like, oh, I can't wait till you meet him. So we go, like, you know, from backstage and they're out in the audience and they say, oh, hey, here's my guy. And Dusty's like, hey, I know you. And my friend is like, what are you doing here? And that's when we, like, you know, realize the connection. I truly believe that, you know, it's, you always have a choice, but there's moments in life that are signposts, you know, and that it's up to you to know if it's significant. And fortunately, we were both in the right place, the right frame of mind to truly value what was being placed in front of us. And I'm deeply grateful for whatever experiences in my life that brought me to that point to realize that and to value what this has and what we bring to it. Yeah. And and in your profile as well, like, you know, you, you specifically mentioned being grateful for meeting in midlife as opposed to as young adults. And I'm curious, like, what types of things did you learn from your early relationships or what contributed to that sense of readiness at that particular time that that could not have happened sooner? I think it just takes a certain amount of life experience to mature and to know yourself thoroughly and to have a couple of relationships to say, okay, well, that didn't work. Whether it's you choosing the wrong partner and it's the wrong dynamics, or if you need to do some self-reflection and some growing. So having those bad relationships, knowing what doesn't work, you give a, a chance to say, this is what I really need. This is who I really am. This is what I really want and what I really value. I just don't know that you're mature enough to do that in your 20s. I mean, some people get married super young and they stay married and that's fantastic and they grow and they evolve together. But if you're in a partnership that just you start to grow in different directions, I mean, something's got to give and you either realize that this isn't the person you're meant to be with or you need to do some evolving and changing yourself if you want to stay with that partner. So I think having those experiences and those challenges, you know, we're not going into this relationship naive. I was taught from a very young age to evaluate my actions in relations to the actions of others. No relationship is one person's fault. You contribute to that relationship 100%. And if it ends, then learn from that experience. And I've made plenty of mistakes in relationships. You know, I have contributed to the demise of relationships. And I remember uh, when I was like five or six years of age, an aunt of mine or a cousin of mine had come out to visit us and she did palm readings and stuff like that. And I remember she grabbing my palm after she read everybody else's palm. And she said, uh, you'll have many loves, but you'll not find your true love until later in life. And she was a hundred percent correct. And I will do everything in my powers to be the best person I can in that relationship. Another bonus of meeting when they did was knowing their bodies better, too. I remember like on one of our first dates, I think it was like the second time we had ever like met face to face. We just went walking around the neighborhood and we were like sitting looking at the ocean and we both disclosed our um, astrological signs to each other. I'm a Scorpio. He's a Cancer. 
And when we said that, he said, oh, this could get very passionate. And it's proved like beyond either one of us in any of our sexual experiences so far. And the way that we're just so like accepting and open of each other. And we are on the same like desire level of like compatibility. And it's just it's beautiful. I remember the first time we made love was, you know, we didn't even know each other that well. We hadn't had that many conversations about like, you know, what we like and boundaries and stuff. And we, you know, talked about sex a little bit because luckily we're just both very comfortable talking about sex as it should be. So remember that first night, it was really, it was like, wow, this is just the beginning. And there's just so much more to discover. And he's helped me like embrace my full expression of sexuality and I've helped him embrace his. And it's just, it's out of this world phenomenal, really is. And I know sometimes couples like, can get into a rut or like their sex is routine but i mean every single time it's it's brand new to us even if we are doing similar activities you know i just love being with him i love touching him i love evoking like pleasure from him watching his head roll back and hearing him moan and watching him quiver i just i love bringing that out of him and i know that he loves doing the same for me she uh has actually taught me to truly embrace blowjobs, like really enjoy it. Before her, I never really enjoyed a blowjob. And the reason being is that through media, through the conversations you hear, you hear a lot of where it's like, it's either done through an act of like, okay, well, I begrudgingly will do this because, you know, it's not like truly embraced. And so I don't want anybody doing anything with me that they're not just totally wanting to do. You know, when she looks at me and she says, I really enjoy giving you a blowjob. And plus, you know, she gags on my cock and and kind of sits up a little bit and <laughs> giggles, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't deny that. Um, and she's brought a real joy to that, you know, and I think a lot of women experience the same thing with men going down on them and performing oral that it's done from a position of, okay, well, Right. Well, I, I got to do this. I'll do this for five, you know, for three minutes and then uh, we'll get to fucking. I truly love going down on her. And I, you know, it's my meditation to me. And, you know, listening to her, watching her respond. When did you first decide to start filming yourselves? Within our relationship, we knew the sex was extraordinary. Um, we would watch ourselves in the mirror sometimes or we'd get out the computer and just like film ourselves and watching it back. Wow. This is really hot. I wonder if other people would be turned on watching this. Um, we would also be at like gatherings or parties or music festivals, laughing together, dancing, being affectionate. And we would have both friends and strangers alike come up to us and say, I just need to tell you how beautiful it is to witness your love. So given the fact that we found our sex really hot, people enjoyed witnessing our love, we felt a calling to maybe put that out there. I think one of the things that also inspired us to like make a presence online was not that we wanted to make money having sex. We wanted to inspire people to have a wonderful relationship. And like Dusty was touching on, the best way to do that is to see an example of what it looks like. How do you treat each other? How do you communicate? How do you, you know, touch each other? How do you engage in that foreplay? And so for us, it's about inspiring with our relationship and you know, just having people see what that looks like rather than reading it in a book, you know, actually seeing it in action. You know, we like to lead by example, I guess. And so we want to inspire people to, to seek the same sort of magic that we have in our relationship. These days, Dusty and Peppermint are everywhere. On top of their lustery videos, 
The couple also appears on Chatterbait, ManyVids, Pornhub, Adult Empire, and other platforms, all while keeping active accounts on social media. The key to growing their following has been connecting directly with their fans and followers. Uh, as far as promotion, we're on Twitter. And then we're also just now starting to dive into Reddit, which is cool because it's media driven. We can post a picture saying, hey, we're online or, you know, look, check out our sexy stuff. We can also join groups that have conversations and like we're in groups of relationships over 35 or sex questions. And so when you're having conversations with people, that starts to build rapport and they become more interested in like who you are and what you have to offer. I think that uh, one of the things that webcaming has really done to the industry is that it has allowed those who want to watch you podcast, which may someday turn into a blog cast, everybody that subscribes then gets to actually hear someone talk and and speak and present themselves and express themselves. It seems like you do that especially well. You won Best Cam Couple from the Why Not Awards. And that is so much of where that authenticity gets to shine through for you. And I, I imagine that that's so much of what connected with judges and voters of that award. Yeah. How do y'all feel about that? Yeah, that was it was super special because Why Not, especially there's a lot of other models that were voting for us. So it wasn't just our fans that were voting for us, but it was our peers that were voting for us and supporting us and validating what we do. Not just in like, you know, sharing our sex life, but sharing ourselves and our lives and having the live streaming platform where we get to broadcast our shows. Like Dusty said, it helps us not be just sex objects. They get to know our personalities. They get to know our struggles, our challenges, what we look forward to, our day in, day out. We'll have like mundane conversations on cam about like, oh, no, we need to go grocery shopping and get this thing or whatever. And Viewers will say, oh, I, I love the casual banter. I'm like, oh, we forgot you guys were there. <laughs> so we'll just, you know, they, they really get to see us. I started thinking when you mentioned that occasion where you forgot the camera was there, given the fact that you are drawn to portraying intimacy and authenticity in your content, how do you sort of find the balance with that desire and the fact that anytime you turn on a camera, you become a performer to some degree? That's a great question. Um there are definitely times, especially when we're doing our live broadcasts, where Dusty's holding the camera POV. Let's say I'm like sucking his cock, right? So I'm like sucking his cock when I'm looking right into the camera. So the viewer has this awesome POV experience. Plus, I, you know, if he's looking at the monitor and I'm looking at the camera, I'm looking directly at his eyes through the camera. So it's, you know, it's exciting for us, too, in that way. So there are definitely times where we're playing to the camera, we're doing things to entice the viewers. But then there's also times where we'll just set it down and we'll we get lost in each other. Like, I think the other night I was like sitting on your lap and I was taking your clothes off and I was kissing you. And then we like missed all this stuff in the chat. And we're like, oh, sorry, guys, we got a little lost. We have to we have to catch up here. There is a moment where it's just we get so into it and so into each other that, OK, we know the camera's there, but we're just we're doing our own thing. For me, I like playing with the camera. I like playing with the different angles so that I can see both Pep and myself or I mean, I love grabbing the camera and like doing POV and, and moving it around and just trying to capture different angles. So it's honestly it's it's for me, you know, the angles that I'm finding are the angles that I that I like. Most times we have the the big monitor on and so we can see ourselves and we can see it. So for me, it's just I just enjoy playing with the camera. They get the benefit of seeing that. And I'm thinking now, too, like even with the the pre-recorded content, like the videos you make for Lustre, I noticed that you'll also lean into 
that sort of interplay between uh, performing and and just being like the first video you brought out was it cake or pie? It was oh, something delectable. Muffins, muffins, gluten free peanut butter chocolate chip banana muffins. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's like my favorite recipe in the world. I love that because I could tell that it meant something to at least one of you like it, it, it that was not like just a random pastry and again just these little details like i loved that you brought that aspect of your lives and yourselves into that and it was clearly planned you know it was like a lightly scripted part of the exchange that was the only one on the script like well how are we going to start this i'm like i don't know i just made some muffins why don't i just say just get in bed and bring you some muffins other than that we're like it just flowed naturally it just gave us like a purpose it gave me a purpose i guess to come into the bedroom and or whatever we could have just like turned the camera on or both in bed but we thought that would be a cute little like no it's perfect like it like an improv prompt right it's yes. just like you get the broadest stroke and then yeah. <laughs> and then you do you do what you will with it yeah. I, i'm just curious are there any theater kids in the room i spent almost my entire life on stage oh, i started training in like gymnastics when i was maybe seven or eight years old and then I added on just various dance forms like jazz dance and ballet dance. And on the weekends, we'd have like classes and practices and rehearsals and we do shows and productions. And it was just it was my life. It was my dream. So after high school, I booked it to New York. I danced professionally out there for 10 years. So from the time I was eight years old till very recently, 52, I retired from performing. I had a big gap in there. And then when I was 40, I started taking aerial silks classes and I loved it. I fell in love with the movement, the art. It was like ballet in the air to me. And I had a successful aerial arts career. Does your performance in porn feel like a natural extension of that performance work? To me, it, it seems to fit in there pretty well. I guess it somewhat does being, you know, somewhat of an exhibitionist, somewhat of using my body as a form of expressive art. So I think it was kind of a natural extension. Dusty renovated our back room. He tore out the carpets and we have wood floor in there. So I have a pole. So occasionally I'll do like pole dancing. I'm recovering from an injury right now. So I've been on the back burner for a bit, but he's encouraging me to keep moving and keep expressing and keep dancing. What about you, Dusty? I don't have an acting or any kind of stage background in that sense. In my 20s, I helped some family with assistant stage management. So I, I got to learn extensively how to work with performers and calm them down and ease them and make sure that whatever they needed, they had and, and help them shine best I possibly could. And so I learned that. And then um, I had a lot of industrial arts background. And so in a lot of pep stuff, I actually did a lot of stage building or stage management or production setting and that kind of stuff. Nothing to the extent of, you know, like lots of lighting or, you know, an understanding of sound and all of that, but, you know, mainly building stage props. And she's kind of, you know, inspired me to bring out characters and that kind of stuff. As a kid, I've always like used to do like voices and that kind of thing. So every once in a while, we have a character called Pierre that uh, comes out and helps Pep, you know, like I, I might have something in the backyard I got to do, like some electrical or something like that. And I'll, Pierre will come over as the handyman, jack of all trades. And uh, Pep is always having these like little problems, you know, something gets stuck in her throat. <laughs> I'm the damsel in distress and Pierre comes to rescue me. He has to give me mouth to mouth resuscitation. Yeah, she's constantly passing out. I've never met the character. I don't know who he is. I, I, you know, I found him on Craigslist and I've, every time it's unbelievable. I've, you know, never been able to be here when he's here. He just shows up and. Think Clark Kent slash so Superman. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> That's lustery couple Dusty and Peppermint. 
If you're 18 or older and love porn with a slow and steady pace, don't miss their clips on Lustery.com. So POV is working on some pretty big changes that I can't wait to unveil. The show will be back in four weeks with a special series highlighting our very first online course, How to Watch Porn. You'll get to know the instructors, including yours truly, and get exclusive insight into our porn literacy seminar. You can find a link in the show notes for more details. If you're into the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. POV is brought to you by Lustery, and this episode was produced by me, Aria Vega. It was edited by Katherine Fisher and Adrian Teicher, and the show's creator is Palita Papel. Lustery is the home of real-life partners filming their sex lives behind closed doors. Again, if you're 18 or older, you can find us at lustery.com, and we're on Twitter and Instagram at lusterypov. I'll miss you, lovers. Be back soon. <laughs>